Open loops. Open loops. Open loops. Open loops. Open loops. You must listen to the open loops, a theme park for absurd beliefs and systems of integration between the mind and the creative spirit. Open loops. Hey, Looper. Yeah, 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 you can't follow the straight path. You're a daydreamer. You're a tangent seeker. The distraction is better than the straight line. Soar with us. Come fly. Conscious mind can go to sleep. Unconscious, you're tuned in to the Late Night Talk Show for the Shamelessly Fringe. It's Open Loops with Greg Bornstein. Conversations. That bend. Hello, everybody. Hello, hello. Welcome to Open Loops with Greg Bornstein. I'm your host, Chief Looper, cultural hypnotist, consciousness disruptor, and curator of experience. Yes, all those things make me a looper. You put all of them together, makes you wonder about the world, makes you wonder what that means, makes you wonder if it means anything at all. Sometimes I wonder. Well, it all makes sense if you think about open loops a very specific way. Now, what is an open loop? We'll get back to that in a second. You see, my goal on this show is to talk about all the things that take us away from it all. Spirituality, hypnosis, the mysterious, the unexplained, the paranormal, the supernatural, the conspiratorial, the deep questions. What is love? What is you? What is me? What is what? Yes, sometimes questions are are just stupid. And sometimes they're meaningful. And sometimes there's something in between. And that's where the looper thrives. You see, my goal is to explore all these topics and Bring on guests that challenge your existing belief systems by presenting radically unique ideas designed to stimulate your unconscious mind so you can step into the highest version of yourself. Because what is an open loop? It's exactly what you might not even think it could be. Ah, what do I mean by that? You see, an open loop is, well... It's an unconscious provocation. It's something that isn't complete. It's when you start a sentence and don't really finish the thought. A cliffhanger, a what's in the box, I need to know what's in the box. 
You could call it the proverbial dot, dot, dot. This show, all those topics, all the themes, all the challenging of belief systems, we are going into exploring those unfinished thoughts in your head and in my head because reality, it can get a little boring. Let's loop around and go a little off earth and then have something new to bring back down. Yeah, something something that, well, just makes life a lot more curious. Curiosity is the name of the game. And when I heard of today's guest, Geraldine Orozco, I had to look into who she is. Uh, you know, I, I was recommended this guest by Rob Yox, who some of you may remember from the Great Debate episode with David Daniel Gonzalez. Uh, we're going to have to talk about that episode because that's been raising some controversy recently. But Rob said, hey, look, you need to talk to this woman. She's a hypnotherapist and she's a hybrid mother of 24 alien species. Had to know what that meant. Geraldine is, um, she's, she's, she's a fascinating person. If what she says isn't true, then I want to know why she thinks it is she she really does speak from a place that um well you'll have to judge for yourself it's it's off world which is what this show's all about like i said at the beginning but it's a completely different reality and you're going to listen to this and trance out a little bit because You'll be taken to a parallel world where ETs are contacting you, where the government is um, doing hybridization projects. All the things that we've heard about, speculative. Uh, this is a woman that says she's actively been in it and has done a lot of clinical work with people who um, also have testimonials. So get ready to be transported. Geraldine Orozco is a uh, she's a YouTuber. She's a radio host. She's an artist. She she runs a wellness center. Uh, she really is. Um, she's a sharp lady. She's very sharp. And the conversation, uh, well, it got interesting. If you enjoy open loops, please make sure to subscribe and follow it on Apple Podcasts, if you get a chance, if you can leave a rating and a review, a couple words, helps get these conversations out there. Uh, and I, you know what, I want to apologize to all of you, because you know what, I haven't been able to get these episodes out as much as I want, but um, I have a ton in the back burner that I just haven't released yet, and it's because I'm I'm making sure the sound quality is good, and I want to write proper, proper intros, and not that I've written, well, it, I just I just need to set the context for all of you to, to make it a little, make a lot more sense. But part of it is I'm moving back. I'm moving back to New York. I was helping my parents move. It's a whole ordeal. So um, here is a delayed Mother's Day, but really this is a Mother's Month episode because 24 kids, aliens, I mean, that's, that's got to be a commitment. I don't know what Dr. Spock says about this situation. You'll find out. Here she is, Geraldine. Enjoy.
Today on Open Loops, we have Geraldine Orozco. She is so many things. Uh, I mean, we're talking certified hypnotherapist, neurolinguistic practitioner, um, pranic energy practitioner. She's reprogramming DNA. She's a hybrid mother. That's right. We're going to talk about alien hybridization, abductions, all that stuff. Uh, I'm curious how she puts it all together. Uh, Geraldine, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Greg. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Hey, you know what? Why don't we start here? How do you put it all together? I mean, this is an interesting thing because you know what? I've definitely had people on this show that are entirely, they could, they could talk just about being a hypnotherapist and they find that just as interesting, or you could be meditation and, you know, you can go into a deep dive and really connect with your true self and, and, you know, that's enough for them. But when you have so many different things, I mean, interdimensional contact, DNA reprogramming, uh, you're working with children, you do corporate meditation. I mean, all these different aspects. Is there anything that unifies it for you? Yeah, that's a really great question. Well, actually, you know, how I came into these topics, um, I came into them quite organically through personal experience. Um, and uh, my early journey starts in 2008, 2009, when my partner passed away. And that really made me begin to question, um, you know, kind of like why we have these kinds of experiences in our lives. And that kind of led me down kind of a spiritual inquiry where I started to kind of question uh, emotions, what brings up emotions that we have, what brings up patterns in our behaviors that we experience. And so it took me to dive really deep into the world of meditation. And meditation really became something kind of like a catalyst for me at that time, because it completely changed the way I viewed myself and the work that I was doing, whatever that was. And at the time I was in the corporate world um, and uh, shortly I decided to start my own business. I started doing a very high-end event planning company and also meditation changed my life in such a profound way that I decided to start teaching and sharing that with other people. So I opened Bay Area Meditation, which is a corporate meditation um, company. And uh, we teach meditation to individuals and companies all over the Silicon Valley and internationally. So that was kind of like the beginning. And I think what that did was that it really, it was at the very beginning here in the Silicon Valley where we were just beginning to question, uh, you know, things that were more holistic, you know, a more holistic mm -hmm. lifestyle like yoga and um, mindfulness became a really big thing with Stanford's department opening on mindfulness here on their research on mindfulness. And I think meditation really started to catch on. So that was kind of how we dove deeper into those things. So I became curious about healing and uh, maybe rebalancing any kind of emotional imbalances that we have as a result of traumatic events. And I decided to get certified in pranic energy healing to learn more about that quantum energy healing. And I just became interested in the healing arts. And it wasn't really until later, um, 2013, that I had an incredibly life-changing experience that after years of really deep meditation and kind of deconstructing everything that was programmed um, in my mind, 
in order to be who I was, um, you know, in this question, my society, the behaviors, my emotions, everything, I began to realize that I was really not more than just a figment, a construct of my environment, as opposed to a real person that had a real identity. Mm. And I guess, you know, identity is something that is it's kind of confusing because we we tend to think of that as I don't know something that you see on TV or you know something that you want to mimic out, outside of us but very few of us have a really clear understanding of what it means to have an identity or not have an identity and how that affects us so that kind of took me deeper and uh, well let me tell you where the ET part comes in <laughs> this is <laughs> it. this funny. is very interesting yeah what what <laughs> happened there what was it this was 2013 this experience yes yeah so and i just want to mention that before this experience i mean i didn't believe in aliens at all as a matter of fact if anyone would talk about that and i do remember some random conversations where we, we would come up it would be a joke right i would not even think about that it wouldn't um, be something that I would even consider. Yeah. And so when it happened to me in 2013, I woke up at 3.33 exactly in the morning to a really bright light in my room. And I waited thinking that it was something outside and it wouldn't go away. I got out of my bed. I went to the window. And as I'm looking through my mini blinds, my entire body becomes paralyzed and I'm taken outside of the room into on top of the garage of my, my, my garage roof. And I'm taken into this um, space with these six different beings, these beings that look like tall grays. And they take me towards the light that is shining, which is a craft. And they show me a series of information, really, really powerful information. And, and mind you, it was, you know, quite terrifying at the time. I mean, my entire body was burning my eyes were burning it was just an incredible experience and they take me and they show me that my aunt is also on board the craft and it's not till the years later that i decided to get hypnotherapy to kind of reveal some of these things that I had experienced that we found that my aunt had also had the experience that exact same night and she recalled it it's just that it's not something that we would have spoken of at that time um, and it turns out that in families, this kind of activity goes down generations. So it's kind of like if it's in a family lineage, your mother will experience it, her mother and so on and so forth. Um, so that's a very interesting aspect of this kind of contact. But anyway, the most interesting part of it was that I was introduced to children that were presented as my own. Mm. And these children, when I met them, um, it was just a really powerful you know, recognition and all these memories of having been with them kind of started to surface in my mind as I as I connected with these children. And I was so confused. And I was really just appalled. I mean, I didn't understand how they came to be. I didn't understand why I wasn't with them. And I didn't understand why no one had ever said anything about this. I also questioned what department on earth manages this kind of a events, you know, yeah. these kinds of events, like who would speak for me? Should I speak to a lawyer, the police, the doctor? I mean, I, I was so confused, you know, right, and of um, yeah, so so it was just really difficult to integrate that. And a couple hours later, after they showed me other information, um, I find myself at the edge of my bed hanging upside down from my bed um, at 615 in the morning. 
And I wake up and my entire body is just aching. I feel like I got hit by a truck. Um, my face is burning. My eyes are burning. And I just, um, you know, I, I can't, I'm out of it the entire day. And it, it isn't until Monday when I'm back at work that I see my first client and she is radiating lights and colors. And I can see absolutely everything and feel everything she's thinking and feeling. So something happened that activated some kind of heightened senses, some abilities, some psychic abilities in which I was able to now interact with my clients in a profound way. And, um, you know, I it, it was so powerful that I couldn't really leave my house for about three months after that. It was just I couldn't go to the store. I couldn't be around people because I could feel everything. Um, so that was kind of the beginning. And so this is where <laughs> this is the beginning. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Geraldine, this is just the beginning. This yeah. story is one of the most remarkable things I've ever heard. I mean, I already have so many questions, uh, including, you know, when you say you're in your room and they take you out of your house onto mm -hmm. the roof of your garage, does that mean they were? I mean, did, did you do you remember actually flying out the window? Was it a teleportation kind of thing? I mean, mm -hmm. how would you describe that to someone that has, that has no sense of how you get from bed to garage to craft? Yeah, I mean, this is something that I myself am trying to research to understand the physics or to link, you know, how to explain what happened. But what I was shown and what I understand now after having other experiences and also speaking to other experiencers is I'm one minute I'm inside my room and the next minute when your body paralyzes, it's almost as if your vibrational frequency is being changed for you to match the hmm. wall that you're going to be going through because what it feels like is it feels like your body is being ripped apart. It feels like you're coming apart and it feels like you're pulling things are being pulled and then next thing you know you're seeing the sky the trees the houses across the street and here you are on top of your garage um which is my my room is over the garage so um it was just right directly on top there and ne next thing you know out of this light these six little lines start to emerge but these beings are about seven foot tall so they're they're quite massive and, um, you know, one just approaches me and I'm terrified. I'm trying to scream. I'm trying to yell, ask for help and nothing comes out. All I can move is my pupils and the light is so strong that it's burning my eyes and my, my skin. Um, so how do we, how do we move around here? I mean, when I look down at my body, as I'm gliding in a sense over the garage door I'm not seeing my feet move I can't feel anything underneath me I just know that from that point I'm moving towards this center of the light which is now going into the craft and then once I put my foot down in the craft it's almost as if I could feel again I could feel the floor underneath me and then I began to walk in there but everything is directed you're not really in control of yeah anything at that tell point. tell me this You're if somebody in the neighborhood were to be there at the time because this is the thing i've uh, i very much i know interdimensional contact is one of your things a lot of people have this uh idea that well everybody in the neighborhood if there's like a huge massive craft and you see six beings that are seven feet tall there outside if someone were out at that hour they should see it um would somebody else be able to see it or is this purely just 
in certain dimensions at certain moments they show up for certain people and if you were watching from the outside you wouldn't even see anything yeah that's a really great question i mean tim the the funny thing is that when when i was outside there um and i glanced around me trying to see if there was someone else on the street first of all i live in a very suburban neighborhood and it's very um very quiet you know there's mm. nothing going on here so at that time everyone is out there's no cars passing by nothing there's nothing um and so everything was still but the stillness was very strange it was not a stillness like it's just a calm night it was like nothing was breathing around me um there was no cats walking around there was no breeze there was no movement of bushes or or wind or anything of any kind um and so that to me was was very strange it was almost as if time had stopped hmm. and i know it feels almost like we are encapsulated in some kind of an in, like controlled environment in which all of this is occurring um I, I mean in that moment when i'm feeling the emotion they remove the emotion out of your body immediately so they have a tremendous amount of control of space time and everything that we are involved in it's nothing to them really yeah um, and i know from you know my support group i i funded a support group now um but a lot of people that tell talk to me about their stories talk to me about when they were with their partners the partner would be completely out of it they would not be conscious at all they would be either in an incredibly deep sleep where regardless of them yelling or tugging at them or you know doing something moving they nobody would react not even animals in the room would react they would be taken out of their environment and i've had this happen to me in environments where i was with with someone accompanied with someone as well so in other words they control the space um and if they want to disconnect someone in order to do something they can and they also create these encapsulated uh like i don't know fears where you're you're the only one that's seemingly experiencing what you're experiencing right that makes a lot of sense yeah, yeah i mean it, or it, ma it makes sense to explain why you wouldn't mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> i don't know if it, i don't know if it fully makes sense until i fully experience it i mean this is um some people you know what i i had somebody on this show recently that said all he's wanted ever since he he had an experience when he was 13 is to have contact with them again um you know i mean you got healing pat you you got these powers for yourself after this experience do you have you had contact since and if not um do you hope to get even more of this what, what is your take on that yeah that's a that's a great question i think that from that moment until now, the amount of information that I have been privy to um, and that I have researched, understood and integrated about these beings, about this interdimensional realm, really helped me form a different kind of opinion about this kind of contact experience. And it's mm. a very, very complex and profound topic that will take us into many different things. Yes. And it's, it's, you know, and it's really where you begin to question spirituality. Spirituality, if you go far deep enough in that rabbit hole, you will be met with consciousness. You will come to a point where you're questioning consciousness. And if you go far down, let's say the scientific or, or this, um, you know, 
question of ET contact, mm. you will be found again with consciousness. Consciousness is the link that really links all of these topics together um, and, and our understanding of consciousness or how it manifests. But what I have had experience after that, and I do continue to have experience, but I also know that our minds and our abilities to, our um, ability to create and agree to have these kinds of experiences is very much in our power. It is a system that is inverted from the inside out. Hmm. Within our genetic code, within our DNA is encoded all the information of our interdimensional connections and experiences that are potentially able to arise within us at some point in our lives. And whether we tap into that information or not is completely our choice. Um, I think that when we activate certain parts of us, we are more able to have these kinds of experiences, as in my case, as in the case of many people. Um, and there are even children that are born with that capacity, with that awareness to be able to do that. Um, I also know that some of these experiences can be very traumatizing, of course, mm. because there's something that is completely in the unknown. So um, there are some people that have really traumatic um, emotional problems after that. They end up with PTSD, all kinds of traumas, and we work through healing them now. But, you know, this kind of it's a pretty serious thing where it's not just... There are parts of it that are beautiful and incredible and enjoyable, but there are also parts of it that can be very dark. And I think that it really just speaks to our ability to process things that are in the unknown, you know, these aspects that, that we are just not familiar with. So yeah. I, I don't um, personally, because I have researched about these beings and how mind control, how this kind of advanced technology and intelligence is far beyond our capacity. I know that um, some of this is directed and linked with governmental experiments as well. And there yes. is an element of mind control in, in that. So some of people's experiences are that. And that's very different. Some I was, people yeah, <laughs> I was going to ask about this. I know I was, I was definitely because I know you you've gone into and I, I know you have a recovery movement for people that um, have been subjected to MK ultra procedures. And uh, well, yeah, I was curious. OK, well, before we go there, because I know that's going to get very intense and I, I, I really want to go into it because I'm fascinated by what you've dug up on this since it's such a. I mean, you know, it's out there. MK Ultra, you could look at the CIA files. It's out there, but I don't know the extent of it. And I also don't know how much is, um, well, necessarily how it fully relates to the ET world and especially the hybridization stuff, which I know you go into. Um, but tell me this, before we go there, when you had this experience in 2013, was it something that you woke up after and knew immediately, or did it come back to you gradually through regression, hypnotherapy, that kind of stuff, and then it all made sense? I want to get that piece before you go mm -hmm. into, you know, really delving into what this was and, and how to look at what this could be for other people experiencing it. Yeah, sure. This was a fully conscious experience. So, um, you know, when I when I became conscious again on my bed, I 
I knew immediately what had happened. I remembered everything vividly, felt everything vividly. I had the marks on my body wow. um, that appeared and I had these activated abilities. So, and, and, and trust me at the time, I mean, I'm also skeptical, you know, I thought, I thought, you know, was that a dream? Yeah. Um, and I thought, you know, what just happened? I mean, I don't have sleeping uh, problems or any kind of synambulous, you know, walks or anything like that. So um, it was just incredible. And um, I knew that something had happened. But I think for me, the confirmation was um, my activated psychic abilities, which affected literally my life and my work for the next three months after that experience. And I couldn't tell anyone about it because it was, uh, I just, you know, there's no way to place it. I wanted to call the police and file a report. Um, but halfway through that call, you know, I hung up the phone and I said, that's, that's kind of silly. Like they're going to laugh at me. They would not take that serious. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you think you were in a better place to do deal with this because of meditation? I mean, look, you'd mentioned that uh, your partner passed years before that, and then you, you went through a lot of self-inquiry. Uh, I wonder why you didn't get the PTSD and other people do. Yeah, that's a that's a question that that I get asked a lot. And it is exactly that reason that what what happened is that I had been deconstructing and working on all my programs around fear. So I was let's just say I was becoming friendlier and friendlier with the unknown training myself mm. emotionally, mentally and physical, physically to deal with unknown through my own personal emotional work. And I think that created a really strong foundation to have a more objective view on all these kinds of traumatic experiences, which, you know, it later, um, I began to understand that my entire life was sprinkled with these experiences. This was not a one off thing. Um, and it was something that ran in my family as well. Wow. When did, okay. The odd thing is also really interesting to me. Uh, I mean, was this, how, how, how did you find out that, how, when did you share with her that you saw her there? What was the context? Is this truly like a Betty and Barney Hill sort of two people having the same identical experiences on the same craft and you could isolate that and go, why? Yeah. For, for skeptics, you'd go, yeah. Why are these two people in this family? they have the same dream unless there's some dream or same experience, unless it's like dream telepathy, which some people actually think is possible. But yeah, I, I'm curious the nature of that, because that to me seems like a remarkable story. Yes. Having the shared experience uh, didn't come up until I became public with my experiences in 2017. Uh, mind you, I had not told anyone except my parents, which were kind enough to hear the story and my partner at that time, are the only ones that knew about what happened to me. I How could did not they take know. it, by the way? Well, you know, my parents are super beautiful, supportive and loving, you know, so they were totally just, oh, that's so nice, honey, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, because it wasn't a traumatic experience per se, you know, in comparison to other things that happened later. Um, but, um, so, so they took it as, okay, that's interesting. You know, they just wanted to be supportive. 
Um, and just let me know that I'm not crazy. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, and, I mean, um, my parents have a hard time understanding that I'm I, I've been certified in hypnosis. I mean, that uh -huh. to them is a little weird. Uh, but yeah. when you're coming to them and saying, by the way, this happened. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, look, we're both in this community of people that talk about this stuff all the time. Right. But I can't I just don't know what it's like to reveal to your parents that you were taken on a spaceship. Do you think they believe you? Yeah, I think they believe me now. And uh, just because of the amount of, of evidence that we've been able to put together throughout my entire life and the experiences. Wow. Um, but, so as you were saying, so you told them. Yeah. And so I, I told them, but I think when my aunt became aware of what happened was when the video of my hypnotherapy was published in mid, I think it was November of, uh, I already had a previous hypnotherapy session before that. Mm -hmm. But the second one was where I kind of went back to all of my abduction experiences and kind of relived them and, and um, talked about them in detail. They are public, you can see them on my website. Um, but it was then that I, we sat down in family and she said, Geraldine, you know, I've had weird experiences like that as well. And I said, really? So we kind of started talking about that. And she said in November, what, well, we talked about, you know, what month it was in the time, the day. And she said, you know, that, that night I actually went to the hospital the next day because I had this horrible dream of being inside this weird light with these horrible creatures. And the next day I end up at the hospital. And so we didn't know about that. I mean, we never even spoke about it back in that moment when it happened, wow. right? So she went under hypnotherapy to kind of look at what happened there because she had several other experiences that she was having these powerful, powerful dreams and then ending up at the hospital. And it happened a couple of times to her. And this also happened to me in my life where after having these experiences, I ended up at the hospital with some unknown situation and the doctors would do all kinds of things would find nothing and then in a week or so or a couple of days i would be absolutely fine from one moment to the next um so the, this is the kind of weird anomalous experiences along with becoming pregnant not being partnered having strange miscarriages all kinds of things like this medically that had affected my life in very strange ways wait a minute um, you became pregnant at one point without having a father a partner yes that's correct so so at the time when these things happened throughout my life i didn't think much of them it i mean i thought they were emotionally trying but i didn't of course you're never going to link them with interdimensional contact i mean for you to just go to that idea that wasn't even in my scope of even imagination at that time right um, yeah. so later on, when I started to understand, um, you know, how these things occur and the procedures, the processes that they take, you kind of begin to piece together the different experiences that happened consequentially throughout your life. And tell me so more about we, this pregnancy. Wait a minute. This is, this is, I mean, yeah. I would think immaculate conception. I'd think, I mean, I met maybe not thinking interdimensional, but I would think, you know, Virgin Mary, um, do, do you know, I mean, did you go to a doctor and they said, so Geraldine, um, you know, this is a big opportunity. You're pregnant. And then it would all of a sudden be a miscarriage. I mean, what, what was that like for you? Well, uh, the funny thing is that it happened, um, specifically in the same exact way throughout my life, 
starting at the age of 16. But at the age of 16, of course, I was not sexually active. And mm. I didn't know it, that it was pregnancy. You know, I didn't even think about it. But the same things happened. Then years would be fine. And then few years or, or 10 years later, then the same thing would happen again. And then everything would be fine. Then, I don't know, 10 more years later or five more years later, the same thing would happen again. So this is what happened throughout my life. So it's not like it was something that would happen all the time. It was just that it would happen specifically and it would happen in a very strange way. And I would end up with marks on the body. I would have these strange miscarriages. I would be pregnant not being partnered, you know, taking the tests, all this stuff, and being very confused about, you know, losing the child and not having any fetus uh, or anything present at the time of the miscarriage. The doctor saying, okay, it's a blighted ovum, or it's, uh, you know, it's stress, anxiety. And um, sometimes doctors and psychologists, you know, they say, oh, you probably really want to have children. Hmm. And sometimes, you know, the power of the mind creates these hormones and these changes in the body that could possibly create that. But I've never been the person that wanted to have children ever since I was a child. It wasn't the person that wanted to have children. So it, that wasn't something that I was aiming for or trying to have, you know. But regardless, it was an emotional roller coaster because yeah, you would right. think, oh my gosh, I'm pregnant. How did I get pregnant? Like I'm single, you know, I'm, I'm doing my business here. I'm not uh, focusing on anything else. And all of a sudden you have this drop on you, you know, and you're sick, you're having all the symptoms, you're getting sick, you're having the nausea, the headaches, the soreness in the bodies, everything, everything, right? Um, and so the longest amount of time that I uh, had the pregnancy for was three months. And then it would result in a miscarriage without a fetus. Um, and so what was happening is that after they, so the process is like this, it's, um, they do a series of implantations within the body prior to this. And usually they're doing some kind of technology or checking up the body, I guess. And secondly, they do insemination and the insemination can either be artificial or in some other techniques that they have as well. And then they do gestation, extraction, and then presentation of the child. Hmm. So where my experience, you know, came wide awake and online was the conscious presentation that I had in 2013. And then I started to, it was difficult. I mean, online, if you looked it up, I didn't even know what, um, what terminology to utilize to look up what was happening to me. I mean, yeah. are you going to look up alien babies? You know, like right, right. Um, you would look something like that up and not a lot would come up. So it was just incredibly frightening, isolating, and just confusing. You just don't know what to do. Yeah. Now, what comes first in this? Is it you trying to figure out what's going on with your body or uh, the starting to research the government involvement, because this is where it gets a little muddy for me. I'm trying to figure out mm -hmm. are actual ETs that are have nothing to do with the government uh, part of this hybridization program, or is there interference? I mean, we see this all the time, and this speaks to even the disclosure thing. It's the agenda of the government telling us this is what they are versus the actual ones that are love, light, consciousness, and, and going back to the source. Um, you know, I mean, for you, how do you how did you navigate that at the time? Yeah, so for me, 
Uh, the government aspect did not come into my picture until later because okay. I myself did not understand the connection between them until I had experiences when I began to speak publicly about these experiences. That's when the government made itself known to me. <laughs> okay. So you're dealing sense. with this idea that they are. Yeah. So, so at the time when you're saying you're starting to research this and you're realizing what they did and artificial insemination and all this stuff, who is the they in your mind? Are you thinking the, these yeah. grays so, from, or yeah, explain that a little more. Yeah. So when we talk about re research, I'm talking about, first of all, my personal experiences for me, there's nothing more, um, a good starting point than your own personal experiences and then mm -hmm. diving deep into that information, which is, you know, um, pretty, pretty complete and thorough with whatever you've experienced. But when you start talking to other um, experiencers, you begin to see that you're not the only one that's having these things occur to you. When I say they, um, first of all, I'm talking about interdimensional beings extraterrestrials hmm. right um and then on the other side of that there's the government i have been participant of four different hybridization programs and those four programs resulted in 24 hybrid children um of which i was presented four during that abduction in 2013 the rest how, of them how did you find out all 24 i mean how did you find out this knowledge so this is through hypnotherapy and going back to these experiences and the times that I became pregnant, hmm, um, you know, through my life. And so the interesting thing about this process is that oftentimes they speed up the pregnancy. And so they will, when they remove the child from your body, the child is already a little bit more advanced than it would be for a three month old uh, gestation period or even two month old gestation period. And depending on the program that is involved or those beings that are participant, their technology varies. And I guess the agenda varies. Um, one of the things that I remember so incredibly vivid is seeing a room with walls of these incubation tanks, spherical incubation tanks that are holding onto these fetuses. So, um, and, and this is through my perception, um, mm -hmm. interdimensional beings. Now, the reason why I say through my perception is because when you begin to kind of research these experiences, there are very key elements that help you identify whether they are terrestrial experiences or interdimensional. And one of those things is the environment that you're in, what it looks like, what you're smelling, what you're feeling, and the side effects of those experiences for those people that can remember, that do have any memory at all of what they're experiencing. In both cases, usually memories will be completely suppressed and people will not remember what happened to them. Um, or they will have a very extremely vague, you know, dreamlike memory of what happened. Um, and so... The interesting thing is that the government will use chemicals to make you forget what happened and interdimensionals use implantation devices to trigger uh, some kind of blockages in the neurological system to help you forget and not feel anything that you're experiencing. Uh, and some people do become conscious during those experiences and then remember them. 
but um, not very many. Uh, so uh, other differences is that usually the government will operate underground or in mm. underground bases or more clinical type environments. So you'll clearly see familiar technology, like familiar, I don't know, instruments, uh, lab coats, all these kinds of things. And they do have a technology called screening technology, which they create an imagery, usually pulling from your subconscious mind, something that you're familiar with and creating either a face of an ET, or it can look like you're being connected with extra interdimensionals, but actually it's a terrestrial man in a lab coat that's doing something. Um, so this is where it becomes kind of fuzzy and confusing, yeah, right? Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's very hard. And so you have to listen very closely to people's experiences and explanation of what they're going through to be able to kind of decipher little by little what's happening. But ultimately, we can get wrapped up in those details and they are important. But for me, my driving question was why humans? Why humans? Why are humans being taken to do this? And what is the interest in humans for the government and these interdimensionals? They seem to have a shared interest in our genetic information. Mm. And that's kind of what drove me to kind of look at what was happening. Um, and I began to discover that the government had those kinds of cloning experiments that they had been doing for, for a while. And um, it wasn't something new. It's something that has been spoken of, uh, you know, since the 50s, since the 40s. So it's not something that's new. It's just very well hidden and not in mainstream. Hmm. We, and we're not just, I mean, the big thing was the sheep in the 90s. Uh, when you say cloning, um, are we talking about, you know, the fact that Joe Biden, the current one we see is probably a clone. I mean, is, is it, are we talking mainstream? You know, I mean, it, it's it gets in the community. Some people get really into clones and say, yeah, they're all around. Look at the elites. Most of them aren't even there. Um, or is it just more kind of offsite? experiments you wouldn't actually see these people out in the public uh yeah what, what do you mean what, what is this government cloning project well you know you really gotta kind of begin to question you know what is what makes a clone what what are we talking about here what makes a human what's the difference between a clone and a human and you kind of begin to kind of question artificial intelligence you know at what point do we become artificial intelligence? And I think that's something that we're kind of directed in, the direction that we're directed in now um, with all of these potential technologies leading to transhumanism. But if mm -hmm. you reverse that, if you reverse that and you take a look at historically how we are and how we navigate our present day reality, um, the only difference between these artificial intelligence and a human is that one of them knows that they are conscious and the other one doesn't, um, you know, it's not aware of that consciousness. I mean, you can create a human from a strand of hair. You have their genetic code, which you can splice and, and create. Um, so it doesn't take much to take genetic material and utilize that for any number of things. 
Um, and the kind of technology that I'm talking about now might seem like some kind of futuristic, dystopian future technology, but the fact is that we are not privy to the technology that is available to us and that is being utilized for these kinds of things. The kind of technology that we're aware of is in fact, primitive, you know, it's, I mean, even the latest thing that we have coming out today is, is archaic. It's very old. It's not new technology. When you see lights up in the sky, half of the things that you're seeing are terrestrial um, covert programs that we're not aware of, you know, and in that same way, there has been tremendous advancements for medicine, for all kinds of things that we're not aware of, because the ones that run the majority of our systems are benefiting mm. from the current systems that are in place, you know? So you yeah. kind of have to think about all of these different levels because they really do play an important role in how information is put out and the way it's presented to us. You know, we don't really know the truth about anything um, unless we take the time to go research and take a look at them. And a lot of times we're listening to somebody about that talks about these random experiences that they can sometimes remember and sometimes imagine how many people don't remember what they've experienced. And so what that kind of made me do was research more about DNA. You know, what is DNA? And what I discovered is that DNA is holographic in that the way that it stores information in our genetic code, we have infinite amounts of information and what what scientists call dark dna and junk dna is actually where we have all the pure form information of all of this activity that not only runs down genetically our lineage which is why when people are experiencers usually it goes down their family lineage what does that tell you i mean just 2000 years you and i had somebody as a relative you know, mm. so we're, we all have these kinds of origins. We have an origin. Our entire human race has an origin point. So if we look historically, you talked about immaculate conception, and that's a good reference because when you begin to trace back these kinds of stories, they kind of begin to sound like the experiences that a lot of women are having today, right? So was it immaculate conception or was there a hand of one of these interdimensional high intelligence beings. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, we hear that more and more. I I was just at a whole conference where the whole theme of it was the really, really delving into the texts and the anomalies in religious texts of wow. that mm -hmm. support that ET contact. Uh, this guy, Paul Anthony Wallace, wrote the book Scars of Eden. Um, the, the idea that we might be confusing God or this idea of God with what was originally ET contact and how if you look at across cultures, all these myths, it makes it seems to explain it a lot better if we're talking about this kind of thing than the traditional Judeo-Christian conception of some divine figure. Um, yeah. yeah do, exactly. Do, have you done uh, Well, look, I mean, about your research, have you ever seen any of this technology? Have you ever met somebody that has been privy to this cloning technology? That's a whistleblower that you're like, yeah, that not only have I done the research, I know it's there. I've seen it. I've talked to people. They showed me something. What is your experience I, with that? 
Well, here's the thing, and I'll be very honest about this. Um, something that I have realized very quickly, very, very quickly um, in not such a sweet way is that the disclosure community and the community that focuses on talking about these topics um, is not exactly the most um, organic <laughs> and non-influenced um, mm. space. Okay, so um, it you have to be careful with where you get your information and who you speak to because the people that know about this are usually not talking about it. Yeah. People that really have experienced things, they will not talk. And there's a very extremely good reason for that because the government is very much involved in controlling the communication of these things in all levels, from the disclosure movement to individuals. I mean, there's organizations that research and, you know, claim to be you know, on top of these things, but yet their interest does not lie in the communication of these things to the public. It's more about just controlling how much information is put out there. So it's it's not so easy to talk about these things. And also there is backlash from the government. I've experienced that personally myself. And, you know, I've gotten into topics that are pretty hairy, but, you know, in comparison to other things, I've not really gotten too deep into them. I, right now I'm writing a book about all this stuff, which yeah. I you know, hope to have out soon. But um, th these are things that are talked about in incredibly small groups, you know, and yeah. not online, not in the public. Um, but the people that have experienced it, and I think the people that we should be listening to are the experiencers that come and share their story because they are the ones that have a first-hand account. My story is one of millions. My, there's nothing special about my story. I meet people every day that have had the same experience, that have seen the same technology I have seen, that have experienced the same things. And it's with them that you can kind of begin to piece together a better view, a broader view of what's actually happening. Um, you know, and... Yeah, so all of these things are not meant to cause fear, hmm. even though they might feel very, you know, incredible. Um, they are meant to inform because the human is actually one of the most advanced biotechnologies in the universe. And the human has incredible potential of having complete control of anything that they are experiencing. It just goes back to that topic we just touched before about artificial intelligence and right. human beings. You are a human, a sovereign individual you know, with free will, if you're aware that you have consciousness and that you use that consciousness. But if you're, you know, in a monotony and hypnotized by everything else, social media, television, world events, you're not going to ever be able to touch the truth because you're invested in things that are not meant to tell you the truth. So, yeah, um, yeah, very. Uh, yeah, it's. Ooh, there's so much here to unpack. I, I see now. Now I understand why you're in so many interested in so many things because uh, there's no bottom to this. It's it's just. I mean, the fact that you're telling me you 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 have the ability to read DNA and see what each piece of it leads to and the potential in a human, uh, you could spend your whole life doing that, and you happen to teach people how to you know 
close their eyes and go into a nice relaxed state too. Um, so it's, I mean, Geraldine, this is, you, are, are you the Harvard of metaphysical and esoteric subjects? Do you think you are? embodied no. in one person <laughs> not at all no not even close oh my gosh i mean i i'm barely sharing what i experience and what i've what i've seen and what i've touched and there is no limit to the amount of information as you said before um we are infants in our evolution in our conscious awareness um you know so no not yeah. at all Okay, so let's get back to the to the mothering and the DNA and the hybridization program. Um, so you were saying that there are differences between the terrestrial and differences between the interdimensional. Uh, is there so is there an interdimensional hybridization program or is that just government? How what is what are what are the different agendas there? What go into that a little more? Yeah, that's a great question, and the correct answer to that question is I don't know. <laughs> the reason mm. why I don't know is because uh, when you get to the highest level of looking at some of this information, um, it would appear, and I know this through my personal experience of being taken to an underground base through a military abduction. Um, that there is interdimensional presence. There are ETs that are potentially governing these covert aspects of the government. And when I say that, it sounds completely out of this world. Mm -hmm. um, but the fact of the matter is that that has been, um, you know, supported by so many different experiencers that have been involved in these military abductions, people from MK Ultras to uh, for a very long time, very long time, historically, not just new information before technology even came out, um, that have been sharing their experiences of the involvement with the government and ETs. So what I think is that there is a shared interest. I don't know where one begins and where one ends. Perhaps they are all the same. Um, perhaps it's the same intelligence. Um, the way that I tend to look at things now is that we are incarnated on this physical earth to experience some kind of duality. And in that duality, we have this light, uh, life force energy, and we have this dark energy that is has dark intentions, dark, dark purposes. It's inverting all things that are true and natural. And we see that expressed in many different ways. We see it expressed in controlling systems in our society. And they seem to have the same interest, which is to continue to uh, disable certain aspects of the human potential. The human's DNA is so incredibly vast that we have the ability of activating abilities within us that are superhuman, literally. And the government knows that. The government has known that and utilized that and weaponized that historically you know, uh, in many different ways from, you know, espionage in the fifties, uh, down, I mean, all the way back till the thirties, there have been experiments on consciousness and these abilities. So this is not new at all. Um, it just goes to a question, you know, what, why is there a need to control these aspects in, in humans? You know, why is there a need? Yeah. What have you, and you've done some, 
uh, I mean, obviously hypnotherapy is, is a great way to do it for the mind uh, often in, in changing belief systems. When it comes to DNA reprogramming, have you woken up some abilities for people that you would describe as superhuman? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what I teach and what I do now, the purpose of it, it's, here's the funny thing that because I'm writing my book, I don't read other experiencers stories because mm -hmm. I want to keep the purity of my story for the book that I'm writing. However, because of the nature of my work and because I'm in contact with many kind of experiencers, I have come across information um, that I've, I've researched some study, uh, some books and some literature from very ancient scriptures and also some researchers in the field that discuss some of these ancient practices that were utilized before anything. Um, and what I've discovered is that I was able to tap into that information and utilize that in my own self, in my own awakening. When I was doing meditation work, I tapped into these practices organically without ever having read them, without ever having gone to a school or taught by anyone. And what that tells me and what that tells a lot of other people that have done the same is that the information is encoded within us. Mm. So everything we need to know is within our genetic code. It's within the blueprint of this physical body. And it just takes us going deep inside, deprogramming external false programs to understand how this machine, this body functions. It is an incredible machine, but we don't know how to utilize it. When you know how to utilize it, you understand how interconnected this physical body, the, the energy centers of the body are in, interconnected to the mechanism of creation, not just of life, but of your experiences of reality and what you're experiencing. So that being said, all, this was studied by the government and utilized, um, you know, in these MK Ultra programs. They they had these incredibly advanced psychic, psychically advanced beings. They searched and scouted for them and utilized them for the military in order to remote view uh, covert operations in other countries. That's still very much being used, and that means that. Every single one of us has the ability to do that. It's not special people. It's people that dedicate time to activate these things within them. That is okay. So we're talking, yeah, remote viewing. That's a great superhuman skill. Uh, do you, I mean, what else is superhuman? Do you think, are we talking the ability to astral project? Are we talking lucid dreaming? Um, what would you put under the superhuman category? Yes, all of those aspects. So when we talk about superhuman, what are we doing? We are expanding our awareness from what is available to us within the physical felt by the five senses. Okay, mm. You're going beyond the five senses now. So superhuman means going beyond the five senses. So everything that you can hear, touch, feel, sense, intuit around you is step one. Step two would be tapping into the things that you cannot feel. So for example, you begin to be empathic. That's a very common uh, superhuman that a lot of people have been activating and been much more aware of over the past 10 years, I would yeah. say. Uh, we kind of come to this movement where it's like, oh, I'm empathic, I'm empathic. Of course, yes, we are all empathic. Um, and that's part of our superhuman ability to be able to sense and have a very um, heightened sensitivity to things that are occurring around us. 
And um, secondly, this awareness has the ability in now that you're already because that empathic ability is already tapping into another dimensional plane. You're not in the physical, you're in a dimensional plane where vibrational frequency is the language. You're feeling things. We feel things through vibration and we pick it up either through light rays or sound waves that are being absorbed through the body and, you know, translated and, and um, you know, understood. And so now you're tapping into another dimensional plane. When you go into dream state, you have abilities of tapping into very important information. When you go into uh, astral projection, this is actually when the body is the freest because it's not attached to the physical. But at the same time, it's also when it's the most vulnerable. Mm. It's very open to all kinds of things. And I would say that a lot of people that leave their body also have these kinds of interdimensional activities and potentially where the hybridization program could be occurring is on that plane um, where genetic material because of its holographic form is not just stuck to just taking you know genetic physical material from the body you know um, and so uh, let's take it another step. I mean, we have the ability of remote viewing, which means that we can bilocate, be in this current body in this time and connect with something that's occurring around the other side of the world. So we are, this just speaks to how interconnected we are because we're not just doing it through our physical body. We're doing it through a network of intercommunication that we're tapping into. So yeah. those are the superhuman abilities that we have. And the more and more we come online with those abilities, the more aware we're going to we're going to be of what's happening in the world around us and have better discernment of what are truths and what are lies in the world today, because that's a really big thing right now. There's a lot of confusion. And I think that it's necessary to hopefully inspire people to try to find better tools of discernment. Um, and trust their intuitive self and the communication that's coming through them. Yeah. I was going to ask about, uh, it, 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 this is all very fascinating stuff. I'm curious about the difference between what a DNA reprogramming session looks like in a hypnotherapy session with you. Does it actually, is it, I, I imagine people are walking away with, different things. I've never heard of a hypnotherapist say, I'm going to make you psychic when we're done with this session. Though I'm sure there are people that do that. Um, I mean, what exactly, what are the subtle differences between Geraldine's hypnosis and Geraldine's DNA reprogramming? Yes. Thank you for asking. They're quite different in that the states of consciousness are completely different. Their state of awareness is completely different. In a DNA reprogramming, it's just like a meditation state. You're in a state of meditation, but we're using, we're, first of all, you're learning how to meditate, which is much more than just sitting in a state of like Vipassana meditation, for example, for those of you that might know what that is, it's just a training the body to stay still, for example, mm. and to focus your attention on one thing. So this kind of meditation that I do, I call it active meditation. And it's called active meditation because you're accessing the physical and non-physical aspects of your body. You're training yourself to see and feel and fine tune the communication between mind and physical body. 
Why? Because the physical body functions like a sponge that is constantly absorbing everything around it 360 degrees. And oftentimes the only thing we're aware of is barely what we're looking at sometimes, sometimes not even that. Sometimes we glaze over and we're not even aware of our body. So DNA reprogramming helps you reconnect with your body in a very profound way where you begin to have train yourself to have that communication. And what you find is that a lot of times we have a lot of emotions. A lot of things are happening in the body. And that's usually why we check out. It's because sometimes those things that are happening are overwhelming or we don't know how to deal with them. So the more that we reconnect with those things that are there, for example, strong suppressed emotions, you can take a journey with that emotion because the emotion is imprinted in holographically in the body and also within the muscular structure of the body. So the muscles are holding on to this information. If you stay still with the muscle and the information that's holding on, which is the emotion, it'll take you back to memories. Suppressed memories will begin to arise and you can go back to the very root point of those memories. What happened that created this as a pattern of experience for your life. What I discovered in my healing work is that our suffering or our programs that we're running in the back end are repetitive. We're constantly running through the same programs. If you can identify what your key programs are, you can completely change your life and heal your body. Because the physical body, and, that, and actually that's one of the superpowers I wanted to mention that is the most important is to bring balance and healing to the body, to mm. create a really wonderful homeostasis for the body. Um, and you can only acquire that when you have your centers in alignment and you're aware of what's happening in them. So DNA reprogramming goes back to those root um, programs and we unpack them, heal them, reintegrating fragments that were created um, during those experiences of trauma. One of the ways to continue to be disconnected, disassociated, and powerless is by creating fragmentation through suffering and trauma. And so we actually, throughout our lives, have thousands and thousands of experiences from which we have become fragmented. And without going through them and picking the pieces back, reintegrating, we won't ever experience that a bit that experience of becoming whole again. That's what it means to become whole. So many Eastern religions talk about, you know, becoming whole. That's what it is. We are re reintegrating, becoming aware, knowing yourself in such a profound way and remembering yourself in all those experiences of our past. So what you're doing is you're doing, it's kind of like reverse, um, um, what is it called? Uh, your, your DNA has written all of those experiences. And mm. so you're kind of deprogramming what you wrote so that you can now open space and provide yourself with different information to help you heal those aspects of yourself. What are you doing? Are you are you sitting there? Are you talking to them? Are you, uh, you know, when you hear chakra rebalancing, I, I've never even really understood what it meant. Um, I just hear of Reiki people putting out their hands and it's, you know, they're clearing blockages. I mean, a DNA reprogrammer, if you were to train a room of people how to do this, what exactly are the things that you're the skills you're giving them? 
So um, uh, again, it's, it's, it's awareness of their physical body. When I'm with working with a client, I can see and feel everything that they see and feel. And because they are, most of us are walking around completely disconnected from our bodies. We often don't have that um, ability yet trained to be able to identify what parts of our emotional body we should focus on and what parts of the emotional body are just distraction. Um, we spend a lot of time getting identified emotionally, emotionally with things that occur in our lives. But mm. the identification of those experiences take us away from truly processing true events that have occurred. And oftentimes we create or we, we manufacture our perception of what occurred. And that really causes a blockage for us because we can't see the truth. And um, usually we do that to protect ourselves, right? Or because we didn't have enough information to know how to navigate that experience. So the idea is to provide information simply so that at every stage of this process throughout your life, you are informing yourself with what you needed. That's interesting. So what you're saying is that if I were to go to you for a DNA reprogramming session, I am walking away with knowledge about myself and more of the, the way my computer works so that I have control over this in a way that I really didn't ever have before. That's exactly right. And it's very much a healing, but it's also a training. You're learning how to do this. You're learning what I do so that hopefully you can continue to do that DNA reprogramming every single day until you have reached the point of integration for yourself. Um, That's people, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's not my, my thing is not, you should never depend on anyone. You should definitely not depend on me. You should learn everything necessary and be able to be self-healing, self-sustaining. That's one of the biggest things for me, for people to have free will and be able to heal themselves at all and every times. And we have incredible amounts of tools available to us that we don't utilize, you know, yeah. we're, we're quite afraid of. But what this process is doing is that you are writing. It's epigenetics is writing your code. What is epigenetics about? Epigenetics is basically you are a product of your environment and what you put and you give this body. So what does that mean? So if you work with some of these very traumatic experiences and you shift and you turn and you understand what happened there, you are shifting the way that you wrote that experience in your historical record. And it changes, not just chemically, electrically, physically, mentally the entire organism it's like energetically you look more expansive you look more more you have more light and you have more clarity in order to continue your life you're not using that as a continual reference point to build your life on which is wrong and it causes more suffering so tell me so, this then why am i going to see you for that versus why would i see you for hypnotherapy how would i know which to choose so with you 
Um, so hypnotherapy is, first of all, it's a longer session. It's about three and a half, four hour long sessions. I was going to say, because it sounds that DNA, pre- I would imagine if you're teaching somebody how to do this for themselves and you're also, I mean, it, it, even on your website, you can read the description. You are doing some stuff. Uh, you're talking chakras. You are doing some hypnotherapy. Um, you know, the idea that you're training someone to do this and you're clearing them all at the same time would make me think this is like a two two week experience, but it's <laughs> half the time of a hypnotherapy session. So yeah, yes. what, what, what is going on with that? Yeah. So hypnotherapy session, my purpose with that is to help you reconnect with your higher self. And so what we do is we take you into, into a deeper level of the subconscious mind in which you can access the purest form uh, of yourself without um, having any interference of um uh, you know, subjective ideas and, and thinking. You're going into that pure form of your mind. And so the purpose of hypnotherapy is uh, people utilize it in different ways. Sometimes they utilize it to revisit past lives and then work on traumatic experiences and blockages that were created at those experiences um, or any other fragment of themselves. Um Past lives is not something like a linear timeline where it's something in the past, in the historic, uh, you know, 18th century or something like this. What, What it is, is that you're accessing fragments of yourself that are available to you simultaneously in this present moment. So what that means is that you can bring and receive any necessary information from those experiences that you need now Because a lot of our past lives, again, are repeating cyclical programs of belief systems that are deeply encoded within our genetic code. And what we're doing is basically uh, researching or uh, exploring a holographic projection of your DNA in all multiple timelines. That's basically what we're doing. And the idea is that you try to heal as many aspects of that. I do a lot of energy work and also removal of any kind of pains, uh, illnesses for uh, not removal of illnesses, but root program of illnesses in the body to allow you to heal and recover and assist your healing um, with hypnotherapy. Wow. So, so um, yeah. yeah, I don't know which, what am I getting the burrito or the quesadilla here? What, what's the, <laughs> well, how do I know? I think that it just depends. Uh, so, so let me put it this way. A DNA reprogramming is a really good place to start just because you'll be addressing the more superficial blockages that don't allow you to go into deeper states mm. because the majority of us don't meditate or don't have a strong meditation practice. Our mind is not used to relaxing and coming back to that point. And so DNA reprogramming will help remove those blockages. And then oftentimes some people will get a hypnotherapy after and be able to even go deeper. But it really just depends on where you're at in your spiritual journey and what you think you need in this moment. Yeah. Okay. So look, let's go back to you being a mother here. This hybrid mother thing is, I, it's definitely one of the reasons I wanted to have you on um, initially, because it was so interesting when I was told that you have 24 different uh, interdimensional children out there in the universe. I mean, you said you weren't into kids. Do you, or at least you never thought about having kids. Do you feel like a mother right now? 
Um, no, no, I, I don't feel like a mother. <laughs> really? Even though, um, you know, I, I have had, I mean, to, to really feel like a mother, you, you have to have this living child, you know, with you and, and have this motherly experience, terrestrial motherly experience. Um, and, uh, I, I now, I don't feel the need to have children just because I understand, um, or in my perspective, what it means to have children. I mean, it is a tremendous, uh, important decision that every person that takes that decision has a lifelong commitment to creating and cultivating a life of consciousness in another being. And that's a, that is so important for not just individually, but the collective. You know, so the way I respect that process so deeply, um, I think it's something very important for humanity to take seriously and um, hopefully there would be more education around that um, but for me the children that I had um, are meant for these programs and for specific agendas that were created hmm. um, and so that being said I don't have any kind of fantasy or illusion or idea that um, you know I'm going to reconnect with children or do any of that in the future because what these children are created for is to utilize my genetic code in order to continue sustaining these, this program, whatever program they're trying to sustain. And a lot of times the agreement to be involved in that is done in a very parasitic manner in which because of my lack of awareness, um, there was an agreement to experience those things. In some cases, not in all cases, but in some of them. The way that I look at these parasitic expressions is that if it's of the light, if it's of this whole unity consciousness, um, light, whole source would never interfere or um, with any other organism because it understands the other as a part of itself. And so to me, I don't personally believe that any of these programs necessarily are not self-serving in some way or another, even if their programs are seemingly on a very high level. That high level is within the matrix, a multiverse matrix, which we're, we're participating in, in this three-dimensional, some other dimensional, up to 13th dimensional plane. Um, I believe that beyond the 13th dimensional plane, there is other manifestations of life form. And here we are just exer exercising the law of three, which is creation, right? Uh, mother, father now creates a third. And that's kind of what we're exercising here as creative beings uh, collectively. You've met hybrid fathers too, haven't you? Absolutely. Yeah. So, and I, I thank you for bringing that up because sometimes I forget to mention them, but they are an incredible point um, that they are also experiencing these things uh, very much like women. Um, they are experiencing having their children presented to them and they are going through the exact same processes as a woman is going through. Wow. Yeah. And if you go to hybridmother.com, you can see some statistics here. I mean, 15% of abductees claim participation in the hybridization program. 4 million Americans claim alien abductions. 31% abductees claim to know the purpose of the hybridization program. Yeah. You know what? What are, what are those? Um, are they saying the same thing? What are those 31% claiming? <laughs> 
You know, there are different perspectives. It just depends on their individual experience. Some people have really beautiful, amazing experiences where they haven't had any, any kind of trauma or anything like that. And they are very keen to connect with their children and, and, and have communication with them. Um, so in their eyes, uh, it is an extension of themselves and the children are being created in order to create continual evolution on the planet. Um, now, we can also look to Mary Rodwell's work, for example, who researches hybrids, high terrestrial hybrids here on Earth, because that's the third part of this conversation. <laughs> is oh, yeah. Tell me about that. Yes, the hybrids that incarnate here on our planet are also uh, coming into uh, children, you know, as these souls in the reincarnation cycle. So when they're born, they very clearly at a very early age, remember their star families, their origins, they're talking about their planetary origins. And these are children that are not watching TV yet. You know, they're kids that are pretty pure in their perception, but they're giving you these Yale level explanations of how the universe functions and in, at incredible accuracy, right? And they're also talking about their past lives. So these are very advanced hybrid children, which have been categorized over the last few years by certain uh, researchers as uh, rainbow children, star children. You know, I'm yes. sure some of you have heard of those, um, the indigos and rainbows and crystal children. Um, so I believe that those hybrids are being reinserted, some of them into the hybridization program. Um, I'm sorry, into the reincarnation program. And they're being born as our children. Um, one of the documentaries that I did uh, called Extraordinary the Seeding um, actually interviews a woman named April um, that gave birth to one of these hybrids after her abduction experience. So there are cases in which not all of the fetuses are removed. Some of them are meant to stay and the, they continue through to the incarnation of the child on the planet. And the child is incredibly special and advanced. So, you know, these are cases that are many around the world. It's not something that is unheard of, and it's coming up more and more. Do you want to see your kids? Um, well, I've, I've communicated with them. I've communicated with them at some point, um, uh, not uh, necessarily because I asked for it, but because it presented itself to me. Um, but some of these children are in programs that are non-physical. Therefore, you know, we would not be able to communicate or interconnect. But I am aware of where they were allocated. Interesting. And wait, you're aware you are aware where they are right now? Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm aware because it's just like, it's like remote viewing, you know, they have my genetic code. Um, so I have the capacity to tap into these aspects of myself. They are an aspect of myself. Everyone is an aspect of, of each other. Right. Um, so yeah. That's interesting. Are they on, are they on this planet? No, Some of them. no, 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 no. Um, no, they're not. Actually, none of my children are on this planet. They are all off planet, um, other uh, planetary systems and uh, other kinds of agendas. Mm -hmm. What do you think is happening here? Do you think there is there's a lot of talk about the big disclosure movement going on? More things coming out. Who knows if it's misinformation? Is there 
are are we actually getting more knowledgeable about these topics? Is is something big about to be revealed to everybody? Yeah, well, I definitely think that we are on the path to highway path to have some kind of in, incredible technology revealed. I'll tell you that. I am not so sure that they're going to be too quick to talk about interdimensional beings yet, because <laughs> yes. that would certainly stir up the past uh, however many centuries. <laughs> um, yes. But um, I do think that technology is coming out uh, that we would be prepared for that will really take us on a hyper jump into the future uh, with how we are communicating, how we are interrelating with one another. And um, I guess uh, our what will go into question is uh, privacy or lack of privacy at that point and how um, communication will be much faster than before. I think yeah, that is this related yeah. to the Neuralink and all this, uh, the, tra the transhumanism thing? It is a little yeah. scary. I know you did a video about AI and combating that. Um, you know, I, what do you think? What should we just drop all technology? I mean, we wouldn't have this podcast without it. But, um, you know, it, it is a little scary. Yeah. And you, I mean, you have a YouTube channel, which actually, have you ever been? Have you gotten in trouble for that? Have, have you ever Not been deplatformed? Oh, uh, keep, keep her I, out there. I was, um, I think I was put in timeout a couple times, but nothing too big yet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what do you say um, to, you know, it's, it's scary. It was, it is scary that there was a period of time where people did not look down at their phones constantly. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I think what is more, I think it's actually not scary. I think it's actually uh, very enlightening the times that we're in right now, because imagine how much we have learned over the past year about mm. how much our privacy and our information is so widely being utilized for these kinds of many corporations are benefiting off the information that we've been feeding and tossing into the internet you know since the since the internet came out without our our knowing that that was going to happen but i think that that was something that has been planned for a very long time and has been kind of calculated that eventually that would be the direct direction that the computer and technology would be utilized for is to have incredibly advanced awareness of each human's um activities on on every level i mean the computer knows you uh, better than we know ourselves, right? The the internet that knows you better, knows so much about your habits, about things that you're doing, the your desires even. And um, you know, this is this is where we have to start to really question whether um you know, where is our awareness? What about us? Where do we come in into that picture? Are we just puppets of everything that's happening around us? Or are we going to take some kind of accountability and control for our actions? And so the more that we educate ourselves, and I think that the internet is wonderful for our education, at least we can inform and communicate with one another to use it for that. But then our awareness and the technology that surpasses all of that is the human body. So we have to remember that the human body is the most advanced biotechnology. And if we activate and spend as much time learning and navigating this computing system, we would be even further than we are today collectively. So um, I think that's something that education is required. We need to learn more about what it means to be human um, and the benefits 
of becoming more consciously aware and to choose that, you know, remembering of the self. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. Hybridization. This is the word that is very much staying with me. It's, uh, it's, it's a fascinating thing. Do you think there are going to be more things that happen to you? I mean, look, we started at the beginning with you talking about meditation. Then we moved to this experience in 2013. Then we moved to having multiple people who've also shared these experiences with you. Uh, I mean, is there, is there room for a 25th kid? You know, do you, or have you ever thought about having another baby? Um, I know you didn't really choose to have it, but I mean, yeah. What, Geraldine, like, when do you, when do the experiences stop for you, you think? Well, I think that once you're an experiencer, the experiences don't really stop. I mean, you're completely open to that level of communication with another dimensional plane. You know, you're always going to have your senses more heightened if you want to. You can also turn them off by ignoring everything that's happening around you and yeah. focusing on something else like, I don't know, watching TV or doing some other activity, for example. It's really our choice. Um, Do you meditate think- every day still? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I meditate at least two hours a day. Wow. Yeah. yeah that, that is the most important part of our work, I think. Yeah. Um, Sorry. What were you saying? You were, so you're saying, yeah, yeah it doesn't go on. You still have experiences. Yeah, I do still have experiences, although the laws of attraction on these levels are very important and fine-tuned. So I think what I've learned, and more, most importantly, in order to help other people, is that when we change our vibrational frequency, we can change who we are in resonance with. So if you're having a pretty heavy, uh, dark experiences, you know, if you clear those up within the subconscious mind, you can change and have maybe higher experiences, more pleasant experiences. Um, it depends on us. We create our reality. And even those beings are frag- fragments of our own self. They are reflections of our own self. Everything is a reflection of ourselves. Um, so it's very important to know that everything begins and ends in the body. It's the alpha, the omega, the center creation of everything. That's what I was going to really ask too about uh, who you think they are. Obviously, it's hard to know. Uh, some people will start breaking it down into different species, the Arcturians and the Pleiadians and all this stuff. Um, but then at a higher level, as you get even more up the dimensions, you start to realize that we're all one source energy. Uh, it, does that allow you to forgive the government program in a way, knowing that knowing that they're doing this false thing? If you can kind of look at it from a different perspective and go, well, I guess, you know, I mean, it's a government program. They're doing MK Ultra, but really this is just the shadow self uh, gone wrong. Yeah. How do you reconcile that? You know, there's no one to forgive other than ourselves. And and let me tell you why. Because um, we, we're sleeping. We're sleepwalking. We live our lives sleepwalking. And we are in a constant hypnosis from one thing to another. So I think that uh, while we continue to choose um, experiential things, sensory things, stimulations, enjoyments, uh, even being stuck in fascinating emotions all day, um, 
as long as we're addicted to that, because that is an addiction, just as much as sugar is, for example, that are stimulating chemicals in the body, we become addicted to those chemical rises and falls. And that's kind of our biggest, um, uh, uh, you know, limitation, I guess, in really understanding what happens when we come into these repetitive patterns of behavior is that we lose power, we lose governance over the body and the things that are happening to us. So we can't really complain that these things are happening to us, even on other dimensional planes, because this information is not new. It's available everywhere. And it's been available for centuries. There have been monuments built for the exact utilization of the training of the body, leaving the body, coming back into the body. I mean, it's all around us. So it's a matter of each individual and their personal experience and what they want to experience. Some people don't want to hear anything about this, and that's perfectly fine. It's completely up to them. Um, but we just have to understand that when we are disconnected from that information, that we will be falling into experiences that sometimes are not so pleasant. And then when we wake up, we realize, oh, my gosh, I feel violated disconnected, all these things happened to me, where was I? That's the question. Where were you? And um, we need to be informed. The way that our society is set up today, it's not set up in a way for us to know those things. So we have to do the work. We have to go deeper. And I mean very deep in yourself and in research of understanding what's happening in and around us. So you think the only way to really understand these agendas to really understand what MK Ultra was all about is by really deep internal self-reflection. Absolutely. Because what they are benefiting off of is information that they suppress from us. They, you know, they supposedly they suppress it from us in every which way, right? But they know, they know how our body, they, I'm talking, let's say the government, I'm referring to those in power, in, in the know of these um, organizations that really run the systems of our reality, everything from the financial institutions, education, to the food that we're eating, to the pharmaceutical, uh, you know, industries of the world, they're, they're all interlinked together, creating our reality that we live in, making us move in the direction that they want us to move without our awareness of why or how. So, um, the more we be, we become, take a step back and kind of question, like, really, what are we doing and why we're doing it, the more that we can understand that if we stay uh, distracted by all of these things, we're never going to know how much information is available within us, how much our potential, human potential is available. We are superhuman. We have the ability of activating so many things that would make us incredibly powerful and yet we are sleepwalking. So um, MKUltra is a highly advanced trained human. They are activated. Their genetic code has been activated for them to carry out any number of things. And the human itself, because they understand the compartmentalization of the mind, 
through fragmentation, sometimes won't even remember what they're doing because it's an altar that's carrying out those activities mm. while they're living a completely different life on the other side. So our understanding of our mind is incredibly important. We don't understand the influence that the things that happen to us and are doing around us do to us. Music, television, social media, all of these things, culture, even religion, our societies are set up in a way to make us believe and see things in a very specific way that is the inversion of what is true. And only when the human connects with nature can it know the true laws of creation. Wow. What it's yeah. doing. So, yeah. Yeah, we're recording this uh, right around Earth Day. So, I mean. Oh, that's right. Great. <laughs> Happy Earth Day. What yes. A celebration. <laughs> yes. Yes. Fascinating stuff. You know what? I imagine, I mean, <laughs> since, you, since you've gone this direction, are people still doing corporate meditations with you? Yes. Well, you know, because of COVID, things have kind of slowed down a little bit. Um, but uh, I think that um, more and more virtual, I guess, will be the new name of the game until things begin to change a little bit. I was going to um, say in the corporate world, I know in uh, I talked to somebody that's an interdimensional awakening coach in Australia, and I asked her right off the bat, look, I see you doing corporate things. Why? They, I don't know if in America, people are as open to talking about ET and interdimensional awakening. And she goes, actually, people are hungry for it. And I know Silicon Valley, you mentioned at the beginning that they were starting to look at mindfulness. Um, I mean, have you been called into a Google office and shared stories about being a hybrid mother before? What's going on there? No, I, I don't talk um, in the corporate circle unless somebody has researched me and asks. And and there have been cases where I go teach meditation here. I mean, I've, I've worked for, for Google. I've worked for Square, for Facebook, for Instagram um, and in teaching meditation. Um, but when I uh, go and I, I teach, sometimes they, they tell me, you know, hey, Geraldine, you know, this happened to me, this thing about mm. the child, I had this child presented to me, and I, I didn't know why. And I had these pregnancies and miscarriages, just like it happened to you. So, you know, and they, they always speak to me in private when they share their stories, which is, yes. which is great, because at least they feel safe. I mean, if you, if you, share these stories openly, not everyone is ready to hear them. And I completely understand. I mean, I look at myself, how many years ago, you know, 15 years ago, if you talk to me about this stuff, I really could not place it in my reality. I would think that, I don't know, you're high off something or something like this. You know, I would, I would put you in that category and not to my fault. I would be an average product of the entertainment industry and societal norm, which makes you believe that anything that has to do with extraterrestrials or aliens is you're, you have to either be high or you're not. Um, and we've yeah. been programmed that way. It's deliberately been made that way. The entertainment industry spends millions of dollars a year to continue to push this agenda, which I do think it's changing little by little. I mean, I think that we're coming into more mainstream questioning of what's the light in the sky or who's flying the light in the sky. I think once we get past that question, we're slowly going to be going into some of these other topics. But, um, you know, I do understand the hybridization program is a pretty tough topic. And it's kind of like you got to be ready for that one. Yeah. Yeah. This has been so fascinating. Well, look, 
there are many places people can check out your work. I mean, everybody should go to uh, hybridmother.com, bayareameditation.com. You have a YouTube channel, Jared and Orozco, that we're going to link everybody to. And also, you're going to be appearing at the Higher Self Expo, July 17th through the 18th, and WisdomCon, September 24th. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I imagine you are never out of topics at these events. Um, do you have anything these days that people are asking you to really talk about that you're going to be focusing on at these events? Um, yeah, well, let's see what I'm going to do. Um, the Higher Self Expo, we're talking about where science meets spirituality. So I'm going to go really deep into holographic DNA and how we are creating um, fusion within the body in order to create healing and awareness. So we're really going to look at the mechanics of that. Um, at the Wisdom Con, I'm going to be going deeper into ancient wisdom and how it's affected um, our ability to move into astral plane and um, work on um, preparation for death. Um, because um, I believe that um, when we have the most freedom is when we're detached from the physical body. Uh, but if we don't know how to navigate that, uh, detached state, we won't know how, what we're doing or who's connecting with us. So I'm going to talk about that and, um, hold a training on that as well. Yeah. So I really look forward to connecting with all of you that do plan to come and Greg, thank you so much. Really. Yeah. Check out Geraldine Orozco.com. And also if you're any of Geraldine's children off planet, listening to this right now, look, I don't think you're not inviting them to say hi to you. I mean, you speak to them all the time, but if they show up, look, if you go to this higher self expo and you see 24 little grays showing up, um, are you going to hug them? What's your reaction going to be when you see your children for the first time? Of course, I'm going to embrace them. <laughs> I would never, they are a part of me. They are me. So of course, if they show up, Hey, they get front row seats. <laughs> if you're listening, your mother is going to treat you very well. She'll spoil you. Um, yeah, no, this is great. I, I, Hey, look, I really enjoyed this conversation. Very deep. You, I, I imagine in general, as someone that is trained in uh, the healing arts and especially the mind healing arts, uh, I'm going to walk away from this and there's going to be stuff you said that's going to integrate in an even deeper way uh, a little bit after, probably in my dreams tonight, probably in all of your dreams listening. So, um, yeah, I, I'm definitely excited to experience that. And uh, I really thank you for sharing your experiences. Great. Thank you so much for the platform and for hosting these places where people can learn and grow. So thank you for your life. You heard her. She thanked me for my light. This is a woman that sees Auric Field psychically. So, uh, am I radiating? Is there some mold mutation in my parents' basement that uh, doing the cleaning is just, I don't know, causing some messy signals in the Auric Field and she's picking that up? I don't think it's that but I do get nervous. Geraldine, thanks for coming on the show. Loved having her. Loved having you listen. I promise there's a lot more coming soon. Take care.